You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is Views from Midstream. Now. Here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another rousing edition of the Views from Mint Street podcast, your home for all the Carolina Panther talk that you can possibly stand. And then just a little bit more. Do have to apologize for the uh, downward sounding voice today and the fact that you have no doubt caught on by now that we did not have uh, pods last week, primarily because Lonzo and I uh, were, and I don't think I'm being terribly dramatic when I say uh, knocking on death's door with some sort of something, something that kicked us both square in the backsides. Uh, It wasn't just you, ladies and gentlemen. We both literally called in sick from the actual show last week. And while most of you, I think, are crossover listeners who have checked out the show at least a few times, many of you are not. And uh, suffice to say, Zoe and I don't call off. Neither one of us. In fact, uh, I went and looked, and I'm sitting on something to the tune of uh, like 250, 260 sick hours that I've accumulated because I just don't call in. Zoe and I both did at the same time. We got, as the kids say, wrecked, LOL, uh, and missed not only the pods, but our but our own shows. However, we are back for the first <laughs> time since the conclusion of the Carolina Panthers season, the beginning of the offseason, the beginning of the National Football League playoffs, and it, ladies and gentlemen, is time to get all caught up on everything that we've missed and i guess lonzo that we would be remiss if we did not start by going back to the end of the regular season for carolina mercifully with the tampa bay buccaneers getting smoked by the dallas cowboys this week in the opening round of the playoffs the 2022 NFC South season as a whole has come to its conclusion. And uh, let's just say it ended for the Panthers with a win that moved us to seven and 10. It put us level with the Saints and Falcons, both also at seven and 10. But my goodness, and I know it's been a while, so some reflection has been had. What an abysmal way to end the season for both Carolina and New Orleans. Yeah, it was, uh, it it was, they say like pulling teeth, but I think pulling teeth is probably a little more pleasant than, than what we had to endure. And someone had to win the game. I guess, I guess it could have ended in a tie, but it didn't. And the, the Panthers decided, you know what, let's just, uh, let's win one more. And, Mess up our draft status a little bit further. Why not? Let's just go ahead and win one more. Win one more for the Wilksy. Win one for the Wilkser. 10-7, your final. Andy Dalton came out and threw a touchdown pass early in the game to Chris Alave. The Saints would not put another point up 
on the board. We would end the game with a single touchdown. That touchdown uh, was, of course, a pick six back the other. No, excuse me, was a um, what was it? I didn't know what the hell was the touchdown. I don't even remember what our touchdown was. It was uh, it was a Sam Darnold touchdown. Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. That's right. It was the Sam Dar- Sam Darnold scamper. Uh, it, the the whole game was just ugly. Okay, the whole game was ugly. Darnold wins a football game where he went five of fifteen for forty three yards and two touchdowns. Um, I don't know if this was a case, Lonzo, of the Carolina Panthers won the game despite Sam Darnold or if the New Orleans Saints were just so pathetic behind the 15 of 25 for 171 and one touchdown of Andy Dalton that they gave it away. I also know it's irrelevant and it doesn't matter. Uh, Listen, they fought. They could have rolled over at any point. Hey, the offense isn't getting it done. Let's just pack it up, head back to Charlotte and hit the offseason. So, I mean, whatever platitudes you want to hand out for fighting till the bitter end and going down swinging and all that, that game was, you described it on the air the day after it happened as uh, the first game in a while that it felt like work having to watch it. And I think that was the best description of that game we could have given it. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, I just wanted to be anywhere but there. As far as watching it goes, there are times when when two equally bad teams become entertaining just because you get so much chaos. That was not the case here. It was just like three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Wow, we're still in the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty much it. I went back and I looked at the, uh, the scoring summary. Oh, by the way, the... Uh, the touchdown was not credited to Darnold. Remember, he fumbled at the half-inch line going in, and the offensive guard, Michael Jordan, picked it up in the end zone, and it was listed as a fumble recovery for a touchdown. That's why it didn't show up on the uh, on the regular stat sheet. Uh, I, I, I have bleached that game from my mind because it was that bad. I mean, listen, ordinarily, if this was our reaction pod, we would spend the first like 15 minutes breaking down this game. I don't think it's going to take us a full 15 minutes to do that. Sam Darnold was asked to ball to throw the ball 15 times. He completed it five. He was atrocious in that game with the exception of running the ball. Uh, we ran the ball 69 yards for Chuba Hubbard on 21 carries averaged up over three and a half yards, excuse me, 3.3 yards per carry. Deontay Foreman had 12 carries for 68 yards, averaged 5.7. Darnold carried it for 32. It was 171 on the ground. The only thing the Saints really had going for them was a little bit of Dalton early. He got to 171 through the air. Kamara had 107 on the ground, but he could not score in his 23 carries. Taysom Hill had 24 and was aggravating as always. Um... Chris Olave had 60 yards through the air, and that was really the only stand-up point. It, it really just comes down to uh, we fumbled the ball three times. We were able to hang on to it, so no turnovers in that direction. You had the two picks. 
the defense prevented the Saints from scoring the football or the Saints prevented the Saints from scoring the football. However you want to look at it, it was just a downright dog ugly football game that we ended the season with, I guess, some forward momentum question mark. I don't know if you consider it that. I mean, yeah, it was a victory, but there's so many things in question. I I, I mean, who's the momentum for? Is, is it for the interim coach who will not be the, the head coach? Is it for Sam Darnold trying to get a job somewhere else or solidify his job here? Is it for the running game? Is it for I, I don't know. I don't know who. And that's fair. And ladies and gentlemen, this is obviously uh, the point where I think we would ask Lonzo, did this win and did the boys putting up a fight to get a dub in the regular season finale do enough for Steve Wilkes to permanently own the head coaching job? But here we are a weekend, two days later, and we pretty much know that answer. Yeah, we do. I mean, uh, unless you're just interviewing people to make it look good and you already know who you're who you're bringing in, but there's an awful lot of guys on the uh, block to be interviewed, including a major name, which I'm sure we'll get to eventually. Um, I just I do want to point out one thing, and and if I recall, I believe it was you, Rob Brown, that said Steve Wilkes would. Uh, have other teams wanting to interview him. It would seem to me that I haven't heard of any other team wanting to interview Steve Wilkes. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we're going to talk head coaching candidates here in just a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Views from Mint Street podcast rolls on, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Brown, the great one, Lonzo Reitzel. I guess we could introduce ourselves since we didn't do it back to start the pod. I am Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show in Greenville, South Carolina, on the Fan Upstate, which you can listen to for free on the Odyssey app on the other side of the metaphorical glass. He, of course, is my co-host, my partner in crime on both that show and this, the great one, Lonzo Reitzel. So let us begin with what is the next decision to be made on behalf of the Carolina Panthers, and that is who the next head coach is going to end up being. And at this point, I think it is safe to say we know the answer is not Steve Wilkes. Now, Steve Wilkes has gotten his interview. Steve Wilkes has interviewed officially with the football team about potentially taking over as the HC. I am not surprised that that interview happened that interview had to happen but we do not know who else amongst the interviewees might end up being the guy 
We know that the first story that broke after the year was over was that David Tepper had reached out to Jim Harbaugh, the coach of the Michigan Wolverines, who had expressed interest in returning to the league. Since then, we have found out that Harbaugh has told the University of Michigan that he will be back in Ann Arbor next year, so his name is off the table, leaving the only other quote-unquote home run uh, home run higher on the table as Sean Payton. We have now learned early this week that the Carolina Panthers have indeed asked for an interview with Sean Payton and have been granted permission from the New Orleans Saints to conduct that interview. That interview will be taking place later this week, it looks like, on Friday. There have been some other interviews that have taken place so far for the New Orleans Saints. Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson has been interviewed. Of course, the Detroit Lions this year, one of the pleasant surprises of the National Football League. There are a lot of folks that believe that their head coach, Dan Campbell, will be voted the NFL's coach of the year. And Johnson has had a huge hand in the revitalization of the career of Jared Goff. He has been mentioned as a big name. But what is interesting about the coaching search is not that the Carolina Panthers have held multiple interviews for the head coaching position. What is interesting about this is that they are currently holding interviews for the offensive and defensive coordinator positions. And they have had a couple of those interviews so far. The most recent one to be granted was permission for the, uh, for the interview with the new Orleans saints defensive backs coach that was broken earlier. Chris Richard has been interviewed for a or will be interviewed for a potential defensive coordinators job. The Panthers still conducting HC and DC interviews uh, separate, but concurrently at this point. Now there could be a lot of reasons for that. I have some speculation And my speculation, though, is that there are really only one of two reasons why, with head coaching position interviews still taking place for the Carolina Panthers, why they would have their hands on interviews for coordinators. It's one of two reasons. Either it is A, David Tepper and Scott Fitterer want to be very, very hands-on with every single coaching position hire that they make. And that would make sense, right? We've talked about this. Tepper is a guy that is going to have an ego and a desire to get Panthers fans back on his good side or get himself back on the good side of Panthers fans. And he's going to want to shirk criticism uh, or, or try to avoid criticism by having a bad hire and therefore be able to sit eye to eye with whoever the new head coach is and go, okay, what are your reasons for liking this guy? Here are my concerns about this guy after my interview. The other reason that I think that they would be running position or coordinator position interviews alongside head coaching interviews is that they've already got their guy. They already know who the head coach is. And for whatever reason, they are not yet announcing it they are holding off on that information as of right now uh whether it is because the new head coach is still active in the playoffs whether it is because the new head coach is still in the process of offboarding from his old team and they want to have him in the building before they uh, make the announcement 
And that coach has basically said, these are my picks for the coordinators position. And you can go ahead and start talking to them, feeling them out, telling me what you think, if you're comfortable with the hire, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know which, if either of those two is true, Lonzo, but the fact that we are holding interviews for coordinator positions tells me that this process is well on its way to being played out. It is very unusual for this to, I don't recall it ever happening, and maybe it has, them looking to hire coordinators before a head coach is hired. That is just, it's just kind of odd. Uh, Some would say that's par for the course with how uh, the Panthers have been handling things. Although, in the past, Tepper has allowed whoever was the head coach to um, to hire who they wanted as as the as the guy, and maybe this time it's a uh, time to let the GM do it, and and th- so the coach doesn't really have that much say, unless you're right. And if you're right, then you've got to figure out okay, then who already has the job. The question there is, does the HC position hold as much allure as I think that it does? And as I've mentioned a number of times, I genuinely, truly, not as a Panthers fan, but as an NFL analyst, I genuinely believe that the Carolina Panthers have the most attractive available head coaching position right now. I absolutely think the Panthers are the most attractive head coaching job. If they were to say the head coach does not have the amount of power to to hire his coordinators, you know, indiscriminately, his own decision about who those who those position coaches are, does it become less appealing? And the answer is, yeah, definitely, for sure. There's no position where we say we're going to give you less power as an owner than in any of these other positions. And you're going to go great. Everything sounds amazing, right? Like, especially at this level, but uh, that's why it makes more sense for me to believe that the Panthers either already have their guy or are relatively sure they have their guy and they just want to conduct some, side interviews or maybe even conduct some interviews on behalf of the head coach, right? Like it's possible they have the guy and the guy goes, Hey, look, these are the guys I'm interested, interested in as HC and DC. If you want to go ahead and conduct the preliminary investigations, here are the questions that I would ask. Here are the schemes that I want to see if they fit into, et cetera. But I'll let you guys go conduct the interviews and make sure that you are comfortable with them as well. And that would make sense in this regard. Uh, Why are the Panthers conducting coordinator positions before they've announced an official head coach? I have no idea. My hope is that they already know who the guy is. And this is just conducting the round, the first round of interviews for him and for the comfort and I don't know, reassurance of Tepper and Fitterer. Uh, but it is an unusual way to handle this. Uh, not that unusual means bad. It doesn't. But it is different than what we're used to seeing. And so it is a little bit more intriguing to me than just sitting around waiting for the HC 
and then sitting around the next day waiting to see who he announces are his guys. Although, you know, if you're going after a big name, let's say you're going after Sean Payton, and you're not sure you can get him, but there are other candidates out there that you think possibly could be the head coach. So you go ahead and interview them for the open coordinator positions. Then if it falls through with Sean Payton, you've already got that guy in house. Which, by the way, intrigues me for the most recent, well, one of the most recent names to be named as an interview for D.C. It was announced by Joe Person that the Panthers have conducted an interview with ex-Broncos coach Vic Fangio for their defensive coordinator position. Now, that in and of itself might make you raise an eyebrow and go, wait a minute, Vic Fangio, where did that name come from? But keep in mind that the latest rumors about Sean Payton have circled that Payton had already been building a staff for whoever it was that hired him. And the rumor, the smoke signal was that if Sean Payton got a job, his selection for D.C. was going to be Vic Fangio. So for Vic Fangio to get an interview so rapidly and have that interview conducted so rapidly just days after it was announced that the Panthers requested a conversation and were granted a conversation with Sean Payton kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. And we will talk about that coming up here in just a moment. The Views from Entry podcast rolls on Rob Brown and the great one Lonzo right? So with you. We ended talking just a little bit about Sean Payton. The Panthers early, early, early this week asked the New Orleans Saints for the opportunity to interview with their former head coach, Sean Payton. The New Orleans Saints almost immediately granted Carolina permission to do that. And then within a day, had an interview with former def- uh, former Denver head coach Vic Fangio. Go back to Fangio's time with the Denver Broncos. Vic Fangio's offense in Denver was garbage. But Vic Fangio's defenses during his time in Denver were very, very good. He is going to be considered one of the most sought-after defensive coordinators in the National Football League. And, as I mentioned in that last segment, Vic Fangio was already rumored to have built a dream team with Sean Payton. Wherever it was that Sean Payton got his next head coaching job, Vic Fangio would show up as the D.C. Do I think that Sean Payton is the next Carolina Panthers head coach? I don't know. I don't know. Do I think that it is possible that Sean Payton is the next Carolina Panthers head coach? I absolutely do. Much to the chagrin of a lot of Panthers fans that I have already seen saying, we don't want the guy, we're not going to interview him, et cetera, et cetera. I do, and here is why. There have been uh, three other teams that have interviewed Sean Payton so far. The Arizona Cardinals have interviewed Sean Payton. The Denver Broncos have interviewed Sean Payton. The Air- and the uh, the Houston Texans have interviewed Sean Payton. Now, Sean Payton has made it abundantly clear multiple times that if he is coming back to coach in the league, 
that he will be doing so for a contender. He is not coming back to start over a rebuild from the very bottom. But there are no contenders that are available right now, right? The Colts, the Texans, the Cardinals, the Broncos, and the Panthers. None are what I would call contenders. So the next step I would think would be to line up with a team that feels the most like a contender. And the question is going to be, who is that? And I think the answer is us, right? I mean, they've got a quarterback in Kyler Murray out in Arizona, but there is obviously some discontent within that program. Remember, we saw that there was a former player reported to have told a media member out there that uh, they created a monster with Kyler Murray. And we know we know all the offseason drama with Kyler Murray. Russell Wilson looked much better after Nathaniel Hackett was let go by the Denver Broncos. The last two games of the season, Russ balled out and Russ looked old school, right? Well, that makes that team a little bit more attractive. But is there anything Denver has? They've got a very good defense. I think so do we offensively, is there anything they have that we don't with the exception of the quarterback position? I'm going to say no. And I don't think we need to spend a ton of time elaborating on why the Houston Texans are not in league with the Carolina Panthers as of this point in time. So it would certainly appear to me that the Carolina Panthers are the most attractive job. Then the question of cost comes up. What would it cost us? It would cost us this year's first round pick and defend depending on what other teams were interested and intrigued and what other teams Sean Payton would accept a trade to. That's the one element of this that not a lot of people are talking about, right? Is where would Sean Payton be willing to go? Would Sean Payton be willing to go to Houston? I got to think the answer is no, right? Like even with the number two draft pick, I can't think that that's a super attractive job to Sean Payton. I think Carolina would be a job he would be at least willing to go to from a coaching standpoint with those teams that Payton would be attracted to, which I think right now would be effectively and at most Denver, Arizona, and Carolina. What is the price point going to be for Sean Payton? I think a first rounder and probably a middle rounder somewhere. Well, Lonzo. We're not going to be getting a quarterback with our ninth overall pick this year. At least not any that I would be willing to guarantee would be better than rolling the dice and giving Matt Corral a year. I don't think Sean Payton is that big of an ask. It cost you a pick, maybe two. We have an influx of draft capital this year. We can trade some of it back to build more draft capital for next year's draft. Overall, I got to think Carolina looks like a pretty damn attractive destination unless Tepper wants to take a swing on finding his own guy. The thing is, though, I mean, if the Panthers have to trade away a draft pick and they will to get Sean Payton, this is one, right? It's, I mean, even if it is a, a mid-round also, the Panthers have, what, eight picks? You still got quite a bit left to – package to go after a quarterback possibly or uh to shore up all the other places that you need shorn up and 
I uh, there are people out there who are not happy about the fact that the Panthers would be willing to give up a draft pick for Sean Payton. But Sean Payton is a Super Bowl winning quarter uh, coach and uh, had a ton of winning seasons for New Orleans. And so made just, a lot of questionable talent look like all-stars during his time there. Absolutely. And I think you've got to get past the fact that, well, we don't want our rivals, you know, cast-offs. He was never a cast-off. He retired. He could have stayed there with New Orleans if he wanted to. He just decided that uh, he was going to take some time off. Now he wants to come back. And who doesn't want to refresh Sean Payton? I would think any Panther fan who put some thought into it would be like, yeah, Give us that guy. I mean, think of the alternative. Think of of the most recent future that the Panthers have had coaching-wise. Sean Payton, obviously a major upgrade. Yeah, I I don't think there's any question it would be. The only question would be, and listen, I know there are a lot of Panthers fans who are incapable or at least are not willing to put their – hatred of the saints aside to bring in a former saints guy and i get it right i mean it's 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 a rivalry that permeates i understand that i also know that there are a lot of panthers fans who see sean payton and think uh bounty gate right it's all about the bounty gate now listen i uh the bounty gate thing i i i as a radio guy don't care about it as much as a lot of other people do. I think there are aspects of it that are pretty prevalent amongst the entire NFL, and the Saints just got dragged for it, and I'm fine with that. Uh, but that is not, to me, that is not the de- defining uh, legacy of Sean Payton in New Orleans. The Saints Super Bowl is. And if he is going to go anywhere else, and if he is available for the pick of the ninth overall pick, I make the move. Like, I I don't know how much more I'm willing to go. Like maybe I'll throw in another fourth round pick. I don't know that I'm willing to go too much higher than that because of the fact that there are other guys out there like Ben Johnson, uh, an offensive coordinator of a team that absolutely turned it around in Detroit this year. I don't know that I'm going much more than that, but if you can go get him, for a ninth and maybe a fourth in next year's draft, I don't have any problem with that, right? Like one ninth round pick. Sure, there's a lot of players that we could take at nine that would fill a lot of gaps for Carolina. I am telling you that Sean Payton offensively, you all know this. You watched him coach against Carolina for years. Sean Payton takes guys like Lance Moore and Kenny Stills, and he turns them into exceptionally good players when he pairs up with his quarterback. And I think he's going to have one year where he gets to experiment with the quarterback room we currently have. And then he would have the option of where he wants to go after that. I'm willing to roll those dice. Yeah, so am I. I, I, And I I think anybody other than Sean Payton right now is probably going to be a disappointment. I mean, We'll have to deal with it, but anybody else would be a disappointment. And I'm hoping all the signs that you've talked about earlier in the pod are pointing towards getting all of Sean Payton's guys for him 
before he gets here and that the interview is just a formality? I would say there are some names I'm intrigued by. Ben Johnson is absolutely one of them. I I don't know that I could say I would be disappointed. The Lions offense was good this year. Not great, good, but also look at the talent that they're working with. I think for what they had and for where they came from after last year, I would be fine with Ben Johnson, but I'd want to know what the cost was. Now, is there a chance that another team makes an offer and say Denver offers a first and a fourth and New Orleans goes, all right, Carolina, since you're in our division, your cost is two first and a fourth. And they just say, screw you guys, 100%. And if that's the case, then sure, I'm out. I'll, I'll take a Ben Johnson. I'll, I'll, I'll roll with a young coordinator on the offensive side of the ball, especially if he can be paired up with a Vic Fangio, a more experienced DC who can help show him the ropes a little bit. If the Saints want to screw us, then we're out. That's fine. But if they want the picks that they want and we can put them on the table and they don't try to overdo it because we're us, go for it. See what happens. That'll do it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the big conversations happening right now. We'll check back in with you towards the end of this week and have an update because I assume that for the next three or four days, the updates are going to be flying out of Charlotte as we continue to see what the next few steps are, who the next few interviews are, and what smoke we see up on the horizon. Lonzo, before we get out of here, out of here for the early portion pod, any final words for the people? Yeah, I just uh, I, I'm looking forward to the process and seeing who the Panthers end up getting, and I, I just hope it's the right pick, like Sean Payton would be the the right pick. We. We'll find out, ladies and gentlemen. We will have the second pod of the week coming up for you now that we are in the offseason. It'll be two pods a week. We'll drop the next one for you either Thursday or Friday afternoon. We'll let you know on the social media where you can follow me at The Rob Brown Show. You can follow Lonzo at Lonzo on Word. Until then, friends, keep pounding, baby.